0: Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts, you can get $25 or more off brand new DeWalt power tools by trading in your old ones. You know, those worthless tools you never use anymore? Yeah, those dusty things can actually save you at least $25 on new DeWalt power tools. Hmm, not so worthless after all. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer at six thirty nineteen.
1: What is up, Grinders? Welcome to another MMA Grinders Live. I am your co host, Mike Brown, otherwise known as H3 Buddha in the community. I'm joined with my good friend, Brett Apley, otherwise known as BB Bomb. Uh, we're ready to break down a UFC 213 uh, card, uh, International Fight Week. We have another. Uh, Card on Friday night, which is going to be probably released tomorrow, considering there's no uh, odds out for one of the fights, so we're waiting on salaries. Brett, uh, I know you're going to be there for fight week. Uh, Not sure if you're going to be at 213, but uh, probably the one you're going to have a lot of exposure to.
0: Yeah, not going to be at 213. I think, I don't know, we'll go and watch it somewhere. It does look like we're going to try and get tickets to... Uh, the tough finale card, which obviously isn't as good, not as important, but still should be fun. Should be cool to hang out with some people. Um, but yeah, man, I am exhausted. I'm not gonna lie. There are so many fights to break down this week. And and just to clarify, so yeah, the the Saturday card is live. That's uh, that's where the big contests are. The salaries are out. The Friday card isn't the salaries aren't live yet because uh, a couple of the fights aren't official. The reality TV show, Ultimate Fighter, the finale is airing tonight. Once the finale airs, the fights will become official. Uh, the odds will be will be posted. DraftKings will post salaries. I mean, we we kind of know who's fighting, but it's not actually official until the reality show airs. So, um, but yeah, it's so we're here to break down the Saturday card, and and I guess I'll just touch on MMA Premium now. Um, you can sign up and get access to both cards. I am breaking down every fight on Fight Week. Uh, full breakdowns of, of yeah, twenty-five plus fights. Um, there will be projections for both rankings. Um, the I'll start to release some of it tonight. Uh, I'm I'm almost done with with two thirteen. Um, the breakdowns that is the projections and rankings won't be up closer to the actual card and then i will try to uh post the breakdowns for the friday card tomorrow once DraftKings releases the salaries i'll I'll put the final touches on it and then i'll try to crank out everything last minute for you guys but fear not there is full content for both cards here in the uh expert marketplace daily marketplace on roto grinder so i encourage you to check that out
1: yeah, definitely, and there's going to be plenty of people in premium chat chatting it up. Uh, I guess the big question is, will we have a live Periscope? Will we have some inside, uh, you know, at the fights videos from you, or what are we gonna, what are we gonna be able to look for? Maybe
0: to? I don't know. I, I mean, Tzu is going to be there, so honestly, I was, I was just considering setting up like a hidden camera and and just focusing it in on Sun Tzu because. I feel like there's something's gonna happen with this guy. You know, you you, you know, I, I'm not. I'll confirm whether or not he's a creep. I I'm leaning about 60, 40. no, but you, you never know. But um, yeah, maybe I'll I'll uh i he's not. He I doubt he knows what Periscope is anyway. So, um, maybe I'll set up a camera and then focus it in on him.
1: That'll that'll be fun. You always need a wild card in Vegas, right? <laughs> always need a wild card for sure. Uh, what do you think? Uh, we should uh, jump into breaking down some fights?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, let's kick it off with the uh, prelims here, the early prelims, where we see Trevin Giles versus James Boknovic. Uh, we have two newcomers in this fight and the next fight. It's very interesting. Uh, we have Giles coming in at 9,000, a minus 310 favorite, versus Boknovic at 7,200 at plus 255 um vegas does what see this fight going uh over two and a half rounds um but we do have giles as a pretty good favorite here um both newcomers so we don't have that angle to play off of. but uh what do you uh what have you seen on these guys anything uh kind well, of yeah yeah
0: it's it there's some good and there's definitely some bad i mean obviously well, giles is nine and oh Um, he's a finisher, five submissions, three knockouts, only one decision. Bocnovic is eight and one, um, seven submissions. You know, it's real hard to be confident in this fight one way or another. Um, I can say that I I think Giles has more upside. Um, he looks like the better athlete, but in pretty much all of his wins um there have been red flags whether it be he's getting he's getting rocked he's getting taken down he's getting his back taken things that you don't love to see on the regional circuit um but at the same time it's good to kind of see that things because uh, we know he can fight through some sort of adversity so i'm a bit torn here I, i I can, I can easily see him going out there and stomping Bosch Novick. He's one of the heaviest favorites on the card. He has a really solid inside distance prop. Uh, One of the best on the card, I believe.
1: Second Um, best minus minus one twenty-five.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And and for his price, you know, I think Giles makes for an excellent tournament play. I doubt the public's going to be on this fight really at all um, in comparison to others, at least because no one knows who these guys are. And, and, you know, I say this all the time, but inexperienced guys are are good DraftKings targets because generally they have more holes in their game. And the more holes you have in your game, the more easily an opponent can take advantage of that, the more finishes there are. Um, so I do think this fight finishes. Um, it's not a lock. Again, we just don't have enough data on these guys, but I do like Giles for the reasons I mentioned, his odds are great. Um, don't think he'll be super high owned, but I also like, you know, Boshnovic because there's really nothing that tells me Giles should be a massive favorite in this fight, uh, making his UFC debut. We've seen him put in bad spots in nearly every fight. Maybe Boshnovic can't take advantage of it, but uh, for the price and for his projected ownership, I'm definitely willing to take some chances on him as well. So, um, Overall, I will definitely have exposure to this fight. Uh, if I thought it was going to be 60% owned for each fighter, uh, you know, for the field, then I, I wouldn't, but I, I expect it to be closer to the 20% range. Um, and, and based on all the numbers, it, it it looks like one of these two fighters could score well. So I, I do like to to target the fight as a whole.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you see grappling potential with Boknovic? Because that was one of the first things that I saw was uh, he does try to take it to the ground. One of the things with Giles that you were saying was he gets he has been rocked before, and then right away he's been taken down. He's pretty much been taken down once in every fight that I was watching. Same yeah. thing, uh, Boknovic on the flip side has been uh, getting takedowns, so at least one takedown per fight. I guess the question is, can there be scrambles to add up more points than just a takedown, or can it be a wrench repeat?
0: I mean, I think it's going to be a brawl. Honestly, I, I doubt there's going to be that much technique in this fight. I just think these two guys are going to clash, and we're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of various exchanges. Um, from what I can gather, like Boknovic, his his strength is striking. Like he has kickboxing, Muay Thai experience, but all basically all of his wins are by submission so I don't think he's some elite wrestler I don't think he's some elite submission grappler but um clearly that's what he's been doing in his MMA fights so um yeah you know he's well-rounded enough that if he feels there's an advantage on the ground he'll look for that can't say for sure that's what's going to happen but honestly nothing would surprise me
1: yeah Boknovic does have a uh, five inch reach but uh, I definitely do agree. I think Giles is the play here. But uh, definitely the grappling potential for Boknovic has me a little bit interested. And I think the line is, is too big on the fight. Like you said, it's two yeah. question marks. So uh, definitely might want to sprinkle a little in. But um, more of a GPP fight all around for me. For sure, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next fight in the early prelims. Uh, we see Cody Stamen versus uh, Terion Ware. Uh both newcomers again. Um statement, right? Did I get that right, Brett? You did, yeah. It's a tricky one. Yeah. 9,100, uh minus 275 favorite. And Terry and Ware comes in at 7100 plus 235. Um, this one I believe is the one that uh has an over under of two and a half minus two forty to go the distance here. Um any strong take on this one? I mean, you got uh, two newcomers just like the other fight.
0: Um, I don't have a strong take. I, I'm not as interested in this fight. It's, uh, I believe, what is this? They're 135ers, but they're fighting at 145 um, mm-hmm. because it's a short notice fight. Uh, Cody Stamen, I, I think he has more upside. He seems to be the, the better athlete, the better prospect, um, decent wrestler. He trains, he's a main training partner of Darren Cruikshank, uh, former UFC fighter, decent striking. I just, he's not active enough for me that I think, you know, when you're 9.1K, you're really going to have to beat all the fighters surrounding you, or that that's what you're hoping for if you're rostering these guys. You can't be rostering the t- multiple 9K fighters. It, it hardly ever works that way. So, you know, Stamen needs to either land twice 10 takedowns or get a finish and doesn't have a great inside distance prop for the price. Uh, doesn't have a great, you know, numbers in general. And he just, he doesn't fight actively enough. I think he can land a couple takedowns. I think he can compete on the feet. He'll probably get the win, but I see him maybe scoring 80 points. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't necessarily know that he has 120 point upside. Um, so I'm. I just think there are better plays in his range. Um, I'll let you talk about Ware a bit, but I, I my concern with him is that uh, Stamen shoots for the takedown often and, and spends a lot of time in, in top position, mm-hmm. and so Ware just won't get significant strikes. But um, he's not a terrible punt, decent boxer. It, his options to win are, are basically to keep the fight standing, um, and he's not a horrible punt play. I just don't see the upside on him either.
1: Yeah, I don't. I basically do agree with you. I think uh, Ware is going to have to try to keep it standing. I mean, he has output, but I'm not sure what how much there can be out of him. He was easily taken down, and I believe it was his last fight. Same same thing that you were saying. Um, there could be top position from Stamen, so you're concerned about that. But Vegas does see it going the distance, which is really appealing to me from the dog point of view, because there's maybe three or four dogs that I'm even considering at all. And with Vegas saying it's going to go the distance, and if it does stay on the feet, they're probably – would you say a slight edge maybe for where? I mean, Stamen Um, does look pretty solid everywhere, but he does kind of resort to taking things to the ground.
0: I would consider it a close fight. I mean, I I don't think either – guy like, Stamen has proven himself not to be a finisher on the regional circuit. I mean, he has five CKOs, but a lot of those are in his early fights, and once he's fought up against better uh, competition, it's been um, tough for him to finish. So, uh, you know, he landed, like, a great head kick knockout. I just don't think he's a finisher, and the the odds reflect that. Um, Ware is probably more likely to get a finish if the fight's standing. So um yeah I'd I'd favor him a bit he's he's more confident on the feet he's active but I expect Stamen to shoot for the takedown multiple times so um overall that's why you I think you have to favor him
1: yeah and I don't think it's a fight that you really 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 want to target because there's a lot of question marks too Uh, agreed let's uh let's move on to the what is it, the featured bout on the early prelims? Yep. We have Rob Font versus Douglas Silva de Andrade. Uh We have Rob Font, who's been looking pretty good, uh, coming in at 9,200 uh, minus 335 favorite versus Douglas. Uh, they call him D Silva, uh, 7,000 on DraftKings, also a plus 275 underdog. Um, we got a 24 and one kind of veteran, right. Versus a newcomer 13 to um, shown pretty good upside. I mean, I'm not sure what the ceiling is for Rob Font in the UFC, but uh, I don't know if I'd put it past maybe getting a title run in him before things are done.
0: Uh, I, that might be a stretch, but I mean, he has looked, good in most of his fights. Um, he, you know, his loss against John Lineker, he held in there pretty strong. And I mean, this is a similar matchup in a sense, like Silva is like all power. He's 24 and one with 19 TKOs. And a lot of that is just cause he hits really hard for this division um, and he can put guys away. And he's also hasn't fought the best competition. He's only fought, uh, what, three times in the UFC. Yeah. Um, he lost his debut to Tuku a unanimous decision over Cody Gibson and a third round TKO over Henry Briones. You know, the upside for the knockout is there for Silva. Um, I think he can, you know, land a spinning back fist knockout. Like that's the kind of thing that he'll do. And maybe he'll, he'll land some strikes, get a takedown, but, um, other than that, I, it's hard for me to picture him mounting a, a ton of offense on, on Font. Font just seems like the better overall fighter. He's proven himself uh, on the feet and, and on the mat. Um, I'm just not sure how much upside I see with Font either. Silva is a, is a really tough guy. Um, you know, Obviously never been finished, only lost once in 25 fights. Font is expensive. Again, he's not, I don't see him getting a ton of, uh takedowns Silva's a, a a short stocky guy decent athlete um I expect him to keep it on the feet for the majority and maybe Font will just choose to keep it on the feet so it really comes down to again a finish or essentially bust because you need him to outscore everyone in the 9k range and I don't m- my gut says that he doesn't finish the fight I think it probably goes to decision so there are just other plays again that I like more in the 9k range obviously we'll get to blades later but he's not that much more expensive if I'm already paying up 9.2k I'd rather or even the I'd rather try to get the or blades who I think have more upside um, there's nothing really wrong with font it's just uh, he should win I don't think he scores 120 points so maybe underweight to the field based on the the, the upside
1: yeah it, he is a, he is a finisher though. He does go for it. So that's, that's something we've always been looking for on DraftKings, you know, broken record. We're looking for guys that are out there pushing the action and he does seem to do that. Um, his inside the distance is one fifty three and, uh, the Silva's is plus six twenty five. Um, Again, in this range, I'm, I'm interested to see what type of ownership Font has. He doesn't have a name brand, um, but if someone's not paying up for Blades, which they should be, or on paper they should be, um, like you were saying, um, I'm, I'm intrigued by what his upside can be. I mean, he did demolish Snell, which he should have because Snell was moving up. Um, Lineker, he hung in there with Lineker. So, I mean, 40 strikes isn't great output for three rounds, but, um, at least we see that he's able, durable enough for it. Um, I do happen to like him and he's a Boston boy. Let's just put that out there. He, uh, there training from training out of Boston. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, I'm going to have good exposure to him. And I think it's an ownership play for me. And I think he can get in. Uh, I mean, we, the act he's more active too, fighting right doesn't uh draws, hasn't his inactivity right here and there yeah but
0: sometimes that leads the fight as a whole to be more inactive because it, it, you usually want two fighters who will be active against each other to create the you know the overall activity level if yeah. one fighter is really inactive hesitant it it tends to sway the entire fight that way. And I'm not saying that's going to happen for sure, but I I think that it will be a, a slower paced fight. Um, and just the, the overall upside, I don't see being there enough to warrant heavy exposure, but he's a big favorite inside distance props. Fine. There, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just, you have to pick your spot somewhere you like font. I get it. I think there are other fighters that I like more.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's more of a ownership play for me. And I think the same thing you were saying, upside maybe 95 to 100, but and that would be interesting. And yeah, yeah, on this type of car, it's not great. Let's uh, move on to the FS1 prelims where we see Bilal Mohamed versus Jordan Mean. Both fighters come in at 8,100. Uh, Mohamed has a great nickname. Remember the name. Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad, uh, comes in at minus 165. More money has been coming in on mean. He's plus 145 when I last checked. Could be even lower by the time this I'm saying it, though. I am um, going with the value play, regardless. Long term, it's been uh, really profitable for me. When you see these fights where both fighters are 8,100, um, was it last time last week, uh, that we saw two fighters at 81 and the guy at, that was the favorite slight favorite ended up putting up 130 Gordon. Uh, yep. Barry Gordon. Yeah. So I, I think it's a long-term play for me, uh, below the, the concern with below though, is that he stays on the center line and he's, he can get not rocked and he has been rocked. Um, Jordan mean same type of thing. I mean, he, he can gas. So uh, what do you think on this one? I mean, I'm, I I know you probably want exposure to both, but is it a hedge situation where you're going to take each in tournaments? how are you going to do exposure wise? What do you think on this one?
0: You have to look at each individually. I think it's both are priced to 8.1 K. There are lots of reasons to target Muhammad. The, the, the first being that He has a lot of line value. And like you said, long-term, that I think is the right move. You should have exposure to Muhammad because the the line is not indicative of his price. He should be priced higher than he currently is, Um, especially in cash games. Now, I think he'll be popular. And I think in tournaments, he's not as important because, you know, he still needs 100 points to be on a winning lineup. And that's by no means a guarantee. Um, I, I still like him though. I also like Jordan Mean because um, he, he's a very technical striker, you know he he came off a two year layoff, didn't look good in his return against Emil meek. you know, he retired at twenty five it's like where's this where's his head at? Um I don't think he's gonna be popular and based on Muhammad's line and and both price, I don't think mean's going don't think means gonna be popular um, however i said this i've said this every fight but uh muhammad gets hit a lot and he gets rocked and, and eventually that's going to catch up to him and it did against luke a. i know we were both in on that um, yeah. and he got knocked out cold and then everyone was like oh my god his chin's horrible we have to go heavy against him and then he fought randy brown and i was back heavy on Bilal muhammad because it's like well randy Brown's not actually that good and I, yeah. and randy um, muhammad pretty much destroyed him mm-hmm. now it's swung back the other way where muhammad's great and the line value etc the chin issue is still there and and there's this whole thing about it's ramadan or ramadan's just passed he's been training for this fight you know in camp through ramadan not eating and drinking i believe mm-hmm. uh you know, he did the same thing for his ufc debut but um mean is a very technical kickboxer and I think early in the fight, there's potential for him to hurt and finish Muhammad based on the chin and and the technique. So I do like exposure to Jordan Meehan. Um, I still think Muhammad probably wins the fight. Uh, I still have more exposure to Muhammad, but people are just dismissing Meehan in this spot. And I think it's a mistake. It's still a close fight. We've seen Muhammad get brutally knocked out cold only a couple fights ago. And Mean is absolutely a fighter who could do that. So I, I do like this fight as a whole. Um, pretty much in all in all formats.
1: Yeah, definitely all formats. Um, inside the distance, Muhammad plus 184, Means plus 315. Um I guess the one of the nice silver linings uh is that we saw him go to wrestling. Muhammad was uh going to the wrestling, which made me interested in him more for this fight regardless of probably whatever opponent. Um, but yeah, we definitely both agree on that one. Probably lean Mohammed, but explosion to mean isn't a bad thing at all, especially ownership wise and upside wise with a first round potential knockout in that one. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to the next fight where we see Tiago Santos versus Gerald Mearsart. Uh We have Santos coming in at 8,500, a minus 145 favorite versus Mearshart at 7,700 plus 125. This is a, going to be a fun fight to target. And what do you think? GPP winner written all over it or what? Uh, potentially. Yeah. I think if
0: Mearshart wins, he's much more likely to be on the winning lineup. Um, Santos, I think, is more knockout or bust. I, I think if he wins a decision, he's probably not going to be on the winning lineup. Um, it's probably going to be a striker versus grappler matchup. Mearshard's looked really good, and, you know, good in a sense in, in both of his first two fights. He's finished them by submission early. He was put in a bad spot in his most recent fight, but he, you know, pulled off an arm bar from bottom. I do think if he gets the fight down, he's going to have an advantage over Santos. We've seen Santos have a shaky ground game before. Mearshart is uh, a veteran. And I think, you know, he if he gets put in bad spot, um, he has ability to work through it. And he's got really strong odds. And I think he might be overlooked because Santos is uh, generally popular. Um, maybe you can look up his inside distance line, but I yeah, think he's, I he's only like a plus 125 dog. And uh, for the price, I'm more than willing to target him in tournaments um santos should probably have the edge on the feet and and i've said this with him pretty much every fight he's he's not a great boxer he's really good at kicking um and you know like in in his last fight he won by knockout in the second round what what was it with a spinning like wheel kick or something like that Yeah. yeah it's just it it's more the flashy stuff than like he's just such a great technical phenom And the other part of it is, you know, Mearschard's never been knocked out. Um, And he's fought, uh, let me pull it up. He's fought 34 times and he's never been knocked out. And it's another point that I always bring up. Like I get Santos could hit him with a kick and knock him out. That's a possibility. Santos has a great line to win inside the distance. But we know he's going to be popular. And how much money do you really want to invest in a guy who basically has to win by knockout against, a guy who's never been knocked out in thirty-four fights. It's, you know, I think you should have exposure to Santos, but I'm going to be careful. Um, so I, I almost prefer Mearshart f- for the price, even though I I kind of expect Santos to still come through and get the win. Um, I I am just hesitant on him. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, that line is uh, plus one seventy four inside for Mearshart. and that's. That's pretty good. By far the best around that range. And probably you want to even target for GPPs when it comes to. It's better that. than Cody Stamen, who's 9.1K. It's a fair uh, it's a fair evaluation. Yeah, Mirschaw definitely, we always go back to it. Um, grappling, grappling, grappling. Um, he does have the grappling advantage here. Um, we both can agree with that. I don't see him. I see him trying to get it down to the feet i know um you may do you think that it stays up on the feet or no uh
0: well if it does he probably loses i mean i, I if i was able to predict that then i could predict the fight as a whole much easier um i think Marshman
1: hurt him marshman did hurt him on the feet
0: yeah and i don't think i don't think uh mirror a fish out of water on the Mm -hmm. feet i just think that's santo's bread and butter range kicking and and he he's probably going to get in some trouble if the fight stays standing but uh i I do think he can probably get the fight to the ground at some point that's what i'm hoping at least um we'll see how it plays out though
1: awesome let's um move on to the next fight here where we see chad laprice versus brian camozzi we have Laprise at 9,300, a minus 500 favorite versus Kamozzi's 6,900, a plus 400. <sighs> Another Kamozzi was it the last Kamozzi left in the UFC. Are you mm-hmm. happy, Brett? Uh, we can I, pick on one more. I guess that,
0: that's what does Joe call Chris Kamozzi? <laughs> life alert because life he's alert. he's all he's fallen and he can't get get up. <laughs> uh, the younger brother of Life Alert. Um, yeah, the, the, we should go over this fight
1: quickly because I... Yeah. There's not much.
0: Kamozi, you know, lost his USC de- debut to Randy Brown. Didn't look good. Um, you know, he's an okay striker, okay in the clinch. He's an okay submission grappler. I don't think he has a wrestling to get Chad LaPreeze down. I don't think he has a striking to, to beat him in, in a stand-up battle. So uh, LaPreeze is a heavy favorite for a reason. He's a better boxer, better fighter, I think. Um, LaPreeze is really expensive, another one of those guys you need a knockout pretty much we know he's not going to grapple most likely he's not going to grapple um and he's not the, the highest volume striker either so uh i do like him a bit more than than font and Stamen only because Kamozi i think is worse than the other opponents and i think he's going to have a, an easier time finishing Kamozi. i still think it probably goes to decision and i'd still rather pay up for blades but minus 500 favorite good boxer there there's there's nothing wrong with it again i I just there are probably other plays i prefer however i will have a sprinkle of him if i can't get all the way up to blades
1: yeah um same thing we always go back to uh chain issues he was knocked out last time right gamosy uh eh, no
0: i wouldn't call it knocked out i I mean he was knocked out but like it wasn't like an out cold it was like a he succumbed to, like, body strikes, I think it was. like Yeah,
1: a D. LaPrice plus 120 inside the distance. Yeah, I, I happen to agree with everything you say. Um, it's, a, it's a good play, but we're going to talk about blades here in a second, and uh, that's that's far and above the best play on the board. Let's uh, move on to the featured bout of the FS1 prelims where we see Mrs. Ronda Rousey – Mr. Ronda Rousey, <laughs> late, sorry, uh, Travis Brown, 68. 8,600 versus Alexi Olenek at 7,600. We have Brown coming in at a minus 220 favorite. Olenek comes in at a plus 180. Uh, if I told you Brown's never been subbed in his career and Olenek subs everyone that he basically wins, what would you say?
0: Um, I don't know. Tell me the answer to that one.
1: I would probably say that there's probably not likely to happen in this fight.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how popular Brown is because he hasn't looked good really in a long time. But um, I think this is a matchup that favors him. Olenek, you know, he's going to rush at you, swing wildly, try to get the knockout until he hits the clinch, and then he's going to try to get the takedown. Uh, sorry, music just jumped wow. in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and and sub you. And um, I just don't think he's that great of a fighter now. He's, he's well past his prime. I mean, he has like 40 career submissions. If he gets on top of Brown, he's going to have a good shot to submit him only because we've seen what he can do. In his last fight against Victor Pesta, he submitted the guy from uh, bottom mount. And I don't even want to get into <laughs> that because it's going to no. take me on a five-minute tangent. I think Brown's a good play. He's got great odds to win in the first round. Um, minus one fifteen. Yeah, and I I think uh, there's a good chance he gets an early knockout. Olenek is really sloppy. I think he's due for a a big loss, and I think Brown's due for a win. Um, So I will definitely have tournament exposure to Brown. I like him. If he doesn't get the knockout early, he's probably not going to reach value in tournaments, but there's a very good chance that he does finish early i think it is a heavyweight fight and it is a heavyweight fight so i will also have a touch of olenic only because we we've been screwed by heavyweight so many times now it's it just seems like the smart play honestly
1: yeah olenic plus 225 to finish inside and that's just based on the uh sub that could potentially come brown probably what do you say best value uh minus 115 inside um, per dollar i mean e 600 probably the best one on the board
0: Uh, he's a good value i mean i I don't i don't know i I think he's a very strong tournament play i'll I'll leave it at that
1: yeah all right let's uh, move on to the main card here where we see a Could we see a resurgence of uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis uh, versus Jim Miller? Pettis comes in at a favorite, eighty nine hundred, minus two forty five favorite versus Jim Miller at seventy three hundred, plus two oh five underdog. What do you think? Uh, We can see a better version of Pettis, or do you think that that's already gone? Gone, yeah.
0: Uh I don't know. I i th- this fight concerns me. Pettis in general as a fantasy play concerns me. He really is, is knockout or bust. He is not going to be getting the takedowns here. Um he's not the most active striker. He's not the best at controlling space. And generally, you know, so if he doesn't get a knockout, he I don't think he's going to score well, even in a decision. Um, I think you know, he has the name. And he, he definitely has the skill. But, you know, this is another tough matchup. And, and Jim Miller looked as good as he's ever looked in his last fight against Dustin Poirier. And if he, fought, if he fights in this fight like he did against Poirier, I think he probably beats Pettis. I mean, on the feet, he is certainly not as technical, not as flashy, not as dangerous. But he will throw a lot of punches at you. And he will come forward. Um, and I think that will make it, Close enough that the the wrestling could potentially swing the rounds, and Miller can also wrestle grapple, and I do think there's a chance that he lands a few takedowns in the spot. We've seen Pettis taken down over and over and over and over. Um, it's not, you know, he's not a bad athlete, but he's just not the best at defending takedowns. Um, so this is definitely a winnable matchup for Miller. Doesn't have a lot of upside though. I, I don't think he's going to finish this fight. Uh, I very low chance, but it's- for the yeah go ahead. i was gonna say for the price i like miller i understand playing pettison tournaments but uh i think he's a little too boomer bust to to go heavy on
1: yeah miller is plus 725 to finish inside so that's terrible vegas is basically saying he's gonna win it's gonna go to the distance and that over under is the second highest on the card so i do like miller as a dog play um Again, he can go resort to the wrestling. He's durable. He's, he did. He looked as good as he did last fight out against Poirier and hung in there. So I think he. we've seen the best of Pettis, too. I'm. He's on mom, basically one of my permanent fade lists just until he shows something. He's not showing anything. Uh, yeah. anything, anything else uh, you think we should touch on there?
0: No, I, I mean, I, I hear you. Basically, I summed it up. I, I like yeah. Miller for the price. I still think Pettis probably wins, but I just it's too risky to invest much of my money in him at
1: this point. Yep. Let's go to the next fight where we see a rematch. We see Fabricio Doom versus Alistair, your Overeem. Um, we have Overeem coming in at 8400 and we have our doom coming in at 7800 uh minus 130 favorite overeem, plus 110 we're doom what do you have on the rematch here
0: this is a trilogy this is the third time they've fought which is still a rematch <laughs> I, I wasn't i wasn't trying to really correct you on that i was just expanding it is. uh the the first time fabricio won by kimura second time Overeem won by decision the the worst part about this fight is that like it's trying to figure out how much of a shell of themselves they are compared to the last time because we we know how the fight's going to play out i mean basically Overeem's a better striker i think the more technical striker the more dangerous striker um and Verdum's the better grappler. And if Verdum is stuck striking, he's, you know, he he is probably going to lose the fight because he's not as dangerous or technical. Um, and I don't think he's a good enough wrestler to get over him to the ground much. We saw it in their last fight. He's, he attempted 20 takedowns and flopped to his back, uh, couldn't budge over him. I don't think that's changed much. I don't think all of a sudden doom's going to be able to get Overeem down. So I do favor Overeem. The problem is now they're both old and their, ch- their chins aren't as good. And so it's, it's essentially like you can throw it all out the window because really one of them could just get knocked out by the first punch that lands. And that's what's kind of frustrating about this fight because it's like – uh, you know, Verdum's not, a, not the, a great striker, not as technical as Overeem, but he could knock Overeem out in literally the first minute of the fight. Um, so I, I do think it's a fight that you need to have exposure to, especially if you're making a lot of lineups. But I think more than likely uh, it goes to a decision, and it's not the highest scoring fight because Overeem is really tentative these days. And I don't think Verdum going to want to just want to box with him in the pocket. I think he's going to continue to try and get the takedowns and flop to his back. So, um, you know, they're big names. They're heavyweights. I will be underweight to the field.
1: I happen to agree. That's what I was going to bring up. I could see it being a stand-up, just slow-paced uh, bout. And um, Overeem does have a teeny bit of value there at minus 130 at 8,400 um he would be my play. We're Doom is going to rely on those takedowns so that I don't see it happening. So he's almost a fade for me. Um I think he is 110 on the Vegas line because he's the number 1 ranked heavyweight. Um that's pretty much what's keeping it close, I Over-game's think. also
0: been knocked out a ton of times now, so yeah. it's that is what scares me.
1: Yep. Well, let's uh move on to almost the uh, Almost getting close to the fun ones, Brett. We're almost. This there. is the
0: fun one. This is a really Are you fun
1: sure? One. Oh, uh, for us, yes. Yes, exactly. The, the people's main event: Curtis <laughs> Razor Blades, love the nickname, versus Daniel Amulenchek. How is he ranked? Number fifteen. I don't know. Curtis Blades comes in at nine thousand five hundred, a minus nine hundred favorite versus Omulenchek's plus six hundred. Uh, what do we have in this fight? I'll just put it in your court.
0: Yeah. Um, when I did when I did my brief analysis over both of these cards, so whatever twenty five fights, I I came away with thinking Blades was the the I was most confident in Blades winning out of any fighter on either card. It's so now he you know he opened as a minus I think four hundred favorite, which is good. He's now I think minus nine hundred, and it it's good. I'm happy about that. But I'd almost rather it be like, damn, I wish. Everyone didn't see exactly what I see. But it's hard not to really like Blades in this matchup. Um, He's looked great in the UFC thus far. You know, he lost to Nganu via doctor stoppage it wasn't really you know his fall. he got cut he still looked okay he got a couple of takedowns in that fight I think they'll, those two will probably rematch beat up Cody East and, and really beat the tar out of Adam Milstead eight takedowns 25 strikes in the first two rounds and one by knockout um yeah I don't know how you don't love this guy he's priced as if he's a minus 400 favorite so he has a ton of line value even at 9.5k uh, I will do absolutely everything I can to play him. I just think he's a smart investment on this card. Maybe it doesn't work out perfectly to, to the fact where he's on the winning lineup. I just think he's too good of an investment to pass up. Um, Minus based,
1: 150
0: inside. Best. Based on, yeah, best prop to win inside the distance. Um, and he's a very active wrestler. And he's fighting a guy in Chuck Who's been taken down in almost every single one. Exactly. Who's not a great wrestler. I mean, just going back a few fights, he fought Alexio Olenek, was taken down four times. Stefan Struve took him down twice. If, if those guys can take uh, Omi Lanchuk down, I think Blades can do whatever he wants. And like this could come back to haunt us, right? But Omi Lanchuk isn't the most dangerous striker um even fighting horrible guys like jargis Danho, um he did win okay he won by first round knockout over de la rocha but that's really the only fight he's looked good
1: in in you're talking eight. too much about him you're giving him you're giving him too much it it's so i just pride-ish. and you have to say that blaze is you
0: know he just fought francis and and didn't get knocked yes. out really so it's like this isn't to me like a oh anything you know really anything could happen one punch it doesn't feel like that even though it's a heavyweight fight again it could come back to haunt us but i really like blades i i I don't think you have to force him in based on the price but i think he's the odds-on favorite to score the most points he most likely will score 100 plus points and there's nothing wrong with that in any format and I, i think you should probably have a uh, significant exposure to him.
1: Yep, uh right away I was thinking he's approaching that Ronda Rousey, you know, was it a, le- a minus well um, 1100. I mean, he's approaching that territory. Crazy. So it scares me. Um yeah, all the blades. Let's Move let's on. say it how it is. Um let's go to the real fun one, man. The fight of the year. We'll just give it the award before it even happens. <laughs> <laughs> You'll Soldier of God Romero versus Robert the Reaper Whitaker. We're giving them their nicknames. It's going to be amazing. Whitaker, 8,300, a minus 135 favorite. Romero comes in at a plus 115 underdog. Um, Romero opened up as the favorite in this fight. Does that sway you at all, maybe? Perhaps I might think you're already on Whitaker.
0: I'm on Whitaker. Yes. Whitaker. Uh, I mean, okay. I will just say it up front. I I am very biased towards Whitaker and I'm, I'm biased against Romero. So it's kind of like re- before I even did any team study, I was picking Whitaker. Whitaker. I've two of my best nights ever have both win, been when I went all in on Whitaker as an underdog. Um, I, it's it's hard not to love the guy and Romero. I, I get that. I get, everything that that you could tell me about him but I, i'm just not as high on him as other people i don't i think he's good i just don't think he's great and and let me try to explain why he's not first of all he's not the most active striker right and i think it's easy to be results oriented when um you're talking about him like sure it's impressive that he's beaten all these guys by third round knockout but like if you go back to his last four fights romero versus tim kennedy he won by third round knockout he could have very easily lost that fight he was rocked in the second and then sat on the stool for like two minutes and they they could have easily called that fight a knockout very easily he came back immediately won by ko in the third good for him but that doesn't negate the first two rounds leota machida he really didn't do anything for the first two rounds then the start of the third round. He took Machida down instantly, TKO'd him. So it's a Romero by knockout. But it, he didn't look that great in the first couple rounds against Jacare. Um, he lost that fight. He had an, a great first round, right? Where he, a 10-8 first round. And then uh, he looked bad in the second and got dominated pretty much in the third. Sousa just laid on top of him and, and beat him up. Most people thought he lost the fight. Uh, and, and we've seen what Whitaker did to Jacare, just as an example.
1: And, and, then, then, against, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then Chris Weidman. Um, yeah, the, the highlight reel knockout. It was so great. I, I, it makes sense, but he, the fight was one-to-one. And, and, you know, if the knee's an inch apart, Weidman gets a takedown and, and maybe wins the fight. So, yes, it's impressive. We know he has the power to knock out anyone in the world. And he could easily go out there and do it to Whitaker. But I, I don't think his fights as a whole are indicative of some elite, talented, uh, you know, best fighter in the world type that that people claim he is. Um, he's a knockout artist. Uh, he's, he's an elite wrestler. He hardly ever wrestles. Uh, he lands, you know, one takedown, or two here and there i mean he got yeah taken down by brunson three times didn't land one himself the only real wrestling bout he's had was he landed seven takedowns over brad tavares that's great Whitaker knocked him out in in 10 seconds um you know he took down weidman a couple times he took down kennedy a couple times like it's fine but it's not like he could easily just sit sit back and and you know land two takedowns this entire fight. I don't think that's crazy. And we've seen how strong uh, takedown defense Whitaker has. So I think this fight plays out on the feet. I just think Whitaker's the better striker. I think Whitaker has the better gas tank. They're just as dangerous. Um, and I, I think the longer the fight goes, the better chance Whitaker has to win. And I really don't think this fight is 50-50. And that's how I feel people are treating it, especially because Whitaker, especially because Romero is only, what is he, 7.8, 7.9? You 7.9. 7.9. Like, I feel like they'll be pretty even. And so uh, I'm just going to be heavy on Whitaker again. And I can't help it. I know there's bias in there, and I've stated that. Um, maybe it'll come back to haunt me, but... Um
1: that just, I mean, that's
0: just how I feel.
1: There's just too many check marks in Whitaker's game right now for you know, uh, i on just checking off the boxes, gas tank wise. I think he's got better gas tank. Yo, Y'all you does gas hard. Um, this is a five round fight. We should have said that right away, too. I forgot to say that. Um the takedown defense like you alluded to, 92%. I think it's the best out of out of this division. Um this is a five-round fight because it's for the interim title. I'm not even going to vent about Michael Bisping. He can't even come into this conversation. Um, yeah, I, I think Whitaker, I mean, he's got huge upside in this matchup. And the later it goes, the more opportunity he's going to be able to finish him. Um, Romero, upside-wise, is the same thing like you said. He just doesn't have the upside. Um, he, he just strikes too low volume. In the third round, he had 75. Five, 74 points against Wideman. That was basically all the points there from the knockdown and, and knockout in the third, right? I mean... Well, yeah, and, but it, it's not like he doesn't
0: have the upside. Like, he has the upside. It's just, it's in the way that he meets the upside, I, I don't like. Like, he could go out there and do nothing for the first four minutes in the first round, and then he could just throw a flying knee and knock Whitaker out. Like, that could happen, and he could, he could you know, score 110 points. But like I'm, I don't want to invest all this money in a guy where I'm just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for that moment. And like yeah. he's been great; he's had so many of those moments. But um, I m- moments will vanish eventually, and, and I, I just think this is oh, fingers crossed the spot that it finally comes back to him.
1: Yeah, Robert Whitaker. I'm looking at the uh, UFC page here. Five strike uh, strikes per minute to three strikes for Romero. So, I mean, you, you got that. There's just so many check marks, and I just love his price on DraftKings. Too bad it wasn't priced when the first odds came out.
0: Yeah, and before, just before we move on to the main event, I'm not saying that you shouldn't play Romero because if I'm making 50 lineups, I will have some Romero. I don't I do th- I, I don't think it's a, a, you know, I don't yeah. think Whitaker has an 80% chance to win this fight. I think it's relatively close. I just think... for for the ownership, for the, 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 the general floor, because Whitaker is much more active. I personally like Whitaker. I understand why people can like Romero, and I'm not saying you shouldn't play him. I just lean toward Whitaker.
1: Yep, me too. Leaning, and I will have Romero too in tournaments because it's not, they're pretty close. It's 178 inside for Romero to 126 for Whitaker, so. I'm leaning towards Whitaker and probably good shares of him. Main let's, event. Move, let's move on to the main event. And this is, this is fascinating. We have a bout without Ronda Rousey <laughs> Yeah, Amanda Nunes, champion, Amanda Nunes versus Valentina bullet Shamchenko. Uh, we have, Sochenko, the rare favorite, um, at eighty-two hundred on DraftKings minus one ten versus Amanda's uh, eight thousand on DraftKings minus one ten. The line came back; it's been swinging back and forth. It was priced out with Sochenko as the favorite. She's still the favorite inside the distance. They fought before. Um, what do we think? Because everyone talks about Valentina winning that third round. And what happens if there was five rounds? What do we think?
0: Well, the reason the line swung from Nunez being a favorite to Shevchenko being a favorite is because someone very smart bet a lot of money on Shevchenko. And the reason that person bet a lot of money on Shevchenko is because of the cardio issues of Nunez and, and the first fight. and. and uh, in the first fight, Nunez was pretty dominant in the first couple rounds, but in the third round, she clearly gassed. Uh Shevchenko had a you know a chance to finish her more or less you know what looked dominant, and it looked like if there were two more rounds, uh, Shevchenko would clearly dominate and probably get the finish. And since this fight is now five rounds, uh, this person and a ton of people are confident that Nunez will gas again and Shevchenko will take over late in the fight and either win three rounds or get a finish. Um, I totally see that side of the argument. I, I I lean maybe slightly that way, but again, this is DraftKings. It's not pure betting, and uh, Nunez is cheaper. Nunez has, I think, clearly the higher upside. If Nunez wins, it's likely to be in the first two rounds. She nearly finished Shevchenko in the first fight. Um, and I think she can finish her in this fight. I have zero problems with targeting Nunez. I, I actually think she's a better DraftKings play than Shevchenko for the price for the upside. Even though I think Shevchenko still might win. Um, if Shevchenko wins, it could be a you know a slow-paced striking match where she scores. She might only score ninety points in five rounds. If Nunez wins, she's going to score a ton of points. I think she's going to be on the winning lineup. So um, I favor nunez in terms of a draft kings play but i think it's a close fight i think you should hedge i think you should get exposure to both sides um and yeah looking forward to see how it plays out
1: yep uh pick them fight i basically have to agree with pretty much everything you said i'm leaning towards shevchenko i think she's evolving she hasn't been knocked out and i think it was seven years uh i'll have to double check um she did submit what was called a grappler. Um, She's just evolving and getting a lot more on the feet. Yeah. I use the quotation marks. Um, Yeah. I'm in the Val camp here. Uh, Odds inside slightly better for her. Brett, quick, anything before we uh, sign off here?
0: No, just, uh, The main two fights, I think you should have high exposure to. It's still, you know, they're both five rounds. There's a built-in floor in that sense. Um, Blades is going to be very popular, but get exposure to him too. And uh, I think there's a lot of good fights in the mid-range. So should be a great card. Just enjoy it, guys.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Check out the lobby. There's a ton of contests out there. A new promo up in the lobby. Uh, Fight to the finish should be a survivor. We've been asking for it. We're looking forward to it. Um, you can win up the three seats, so you know, fire fire as many bullets as you want. And uh, if we don't win, we certainly hope that you guys are winning and we'll see you next time later.
0: That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again.